Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. Jurassic Views, Ottawa's Raptors podcast, Bryce Diamond, postgame versus games three and four. I said we would do summaries after two games, and then we would do it again, and here we are after game four. Now, my original prediction of this series, if you've been following, was that this series would go seven. I thought that because of how good Jimmy Butler is. I thought that because of how well I felt Bam Adebayo could match up with Nikola Jokic. I felt that way because of how good the guards, the role-playing guards, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Kyle Lowry, even Duncan Robinson can play for this Miami Heat team. And through the first two games, that proved true. Game one was a wash with Miami just looking exhausted. Obviously, uh, Howard Highsmith, uh, you know, Haywood, sorry, Haywood Highsmith, uh, you know, played a good game, but it was a cruise control type game for the Denver Nuggets in game one. But game two, the script got flipped, and Miami was excellent. Making shots, putting pressure on on Denver on both ends of the floor. And one of the things that stood out in that game two, although you could say in game one and two, was the play of Michael Porter Jr. He hadn't stepped up yet. Nikola Jokic had been all-world. Jamal Murray was solid through two games. And so the question was, going into Miami for game three and four, would Michael Porter Jr. play an elite level? Would the Miami bench be rock solid? Would Bam Adebayo continue to find advantages? So far in this playoffs, the Miami Heat have split almost evenly throughout all these playoffs, the first quarter with their opponent. The second and third quarter, they've struggled. They were a minus 20 in the second quarter and a minus 30 in the third quarter going into game four. But in these playoffs, a plus 89 going into game four. And so you felt like if it was close on the Miami home court, you felt like advantage Miami. And in game three, this was a pretty good battle. Guys on the heat stuck in there. They played solid. And Miami was able to 
manipulate the Denver offense as well as, again, finding those advantages offensively. Duncan Robinson was decent coming off the bench. Caleb Martin certainly had his best game of of the series. And they got good minutes from even a guy like Cody Zeller who was a plus four in game three. On the Denver side of the ball, Michael Porter Jr. continues to struggle. He was one of seven, although he did make some very good defensive plays and some good plays in transition. But he was one for seven from the field. He's shooting under 30% from the field for the series through three games. Aaron Gordon chipped in. He was 5 of 10, 11 11 points. But Caldwell Jr. struggled. 1 of 4, 6 points. Bruce Brown played probably his worst game of the playoffs since maybe Minnesota. 1 for 5 with 5 points. Even Jamal Murray had seven turnovers in this game, and you were wondering, what would happen here? Well, what happened was the third quarter, and the Denver Nuggets were able to get a a full-on ignition, an absolute explosion from their bench, from rookie Christian Braun, who made it play after play in that third quarter, including a steal just above the break, outside of the three-point land, ran down the floor for a two-handed jam, reminded me of Norm Powell 2016 against the Indiana Pacers in his first playoff series. And Christian Brown finished this game 7 of 8 from the field, 15 points and a plus 2. And that was the X factor in this game. Again, Gordon didn't have a big game. Porter Jr. struggled. So did Codwell Pope. But because Christian Brown played well, Jamal Murray was able to get a little more free. Nikola Jokic's dominance in this game and this series really soared. 32 points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists. Jamal Murray, 34 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds, was excellent in that fourth quarter where they had the advantage, 27 to 26. So Miami, who had been so good in the fourth quarter, who had been almost the best team, i sorry, who had been the best fourth quarter team in every series they had previously won through the Eastern Conference, lost this fourth quarter and had two guys playing against them with triple doubles. The first time in NBA history in 20 years, I believe, that a duo had had a triple double in the same game. In fact, it was the only time in a final series that two guys had a triple double in the same game. There were teammates who had it in the same series, but not the same game. And with that level of dominance, plus, as I said, the dynamite stick that was Christian Brown coming off the bench with 15, the Denver Nuggets rolled to a 109-94 game 
taking away home court advantage from the Heat, who had got it from game two, taking away the fourth quarter advantage that Miami had had throughout these playoffs and took a 2-1 series lead, meaning pivotal game four. Now, at the start of the series, I had said, I don't know if I said it on the pod, but I said it to a number of friends, including Zaya, that the Miami Heat would win all the odd games. And so I thought Miami would win game four and take it back to Denver 2-2. The Miami Heat did not have a particularly good shooting first quarter in game four. You could tell there was nerviness from both teams. There was uh, a suspicion. There was speculation through many media outlets that Jimmy Butler just was not that healthy. Jimmy Butler came out solid, scoring nine points in the first quarter. He continued to play well into the second quarter. Bam at a bio. Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler all in double figures at halftime. Jimmy leading the team with 14. But no one would have predicted Jamal Murray struggling as much as he did offensively, just five points at the half, and Aaron Gordon scoring 16 first half points on eight shots. Incredible first half from him. Nikola Jokic and Gordon both had 16. And despite Jamal Murray's struggle, despite a quiet Michael Porter Jr., who is now for the series 12 of 42 from the field, just over 25%, I believe it's 27%. And Some solid bench play from Bruce Brown, but Christian Brown, quiet, actually scored just one point in the entire game. But the Denver Nuggets were up four, despite Miami, their veteran Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo playing so well. Why? Well, again, I said Aaron Gordon, but on the Miami side of the ball, they struggled. They really struggled. Um, Caleb Martin was slow. Max Struess had zero points on the game. Gabe Vincent had two. And so if they were going to stay in this game, you needed more from their bench. You needed more from Vince, Vincent and Struess. Unless you were going to get a 40-point bomb from Jimmy Butler. And they just didn't. Denver came out with maximum force in the third quarter, dominated that third quarter, and the Denver Nuggets took a 13-point lead going into the fourth. Now, things got really interesting at the start of the fourth quarter. Kevin Love made some plays. Duncan Robinson made some plays. And Bam and Butler got some help. Kyle Lowry did not score, but they got enough scoring 
from those two guys and Caleb Martin, who hit two big buckets, to go on an 8-0 run to start the fourth quarter and to make this game just a five-point game with 9.15 to go. Something else interesting to start this fourth quarter? Nikola Jokic picks up two quick fouls, his fourth and his fifth. The fifth, extremely questionable. A Celtics-type whistle, I would say. But Miami find themselves found themselves now just down five points with 9.15 to go and Nikola Jokic on the bench. How would this Denver team respond? What would they be like with a struggling Murray and a, their MVP on the bench? How would they respond? Well, over the course of the next five minutes and 15 seconds, the Denver Nuggets actually were a minus one, just a minus one without, sorry, that, that's not true. They weren't a minus one. They were a minus one in the quarter. But when Jokic went out, it was a five-point game. They actually were a plus four without Jokic on the floor. That's just incredible. Something that we never saw in the regular season. Anytime Jokic went out in the regular season, Denver didn't just struggle. They just withered away like flowers in the fall. This time they rose to the occasion. It wasn't just Jamal Murray who had 12 assists and no turnovers and played great, but was 5 of 17 from the floor. No, they found magic in Aaron Gordon, who played 42 minutes, was a game high and series high, plus 29, had 27 points, a series high 27 points. And they got a monster quarter as well as a monster game, but a monster quarter from Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown is the guy that Dylan Brooks was trying to be. Bruce Brown has got swag. He's got a mouth on him, but he's finishing three for five from downtown. Eight of 11 from the field, four rebounds, two assists, made two layups right with Bam at a bio draped all over him. And the Denver Nuggets went into the last four minutes with a nine-point lead, extended that lead back to 13 to give a fourth quarter, to to make it a fourth quarter that was even, 22-22. And the Denver Nuggets won it, 108-95. Miami, with no advantage over the course of the series in the fourth quarter, In these two critical games in Miami, Denver was a plus one in the fourth quarter and dominated the third quarter in both Miami games. Denver now takes a 3-1 series stranglehold on this series. And my, oh my, the Denver Nuggets are a game away from their first title in franchise history It's incredibly exciting stuff. 
Miami has struggled at home, does have some life in, still in them, but they are now having to climb up a rocky mountain. What's crazy is the Denver Nuggets in the regular season. Not that the regular season tells you a full story, but it has some indicators to it. The Denver Nuggets were 19-22 and 22 on the road. The Miami Heat were 27-14. This is a Miami Heat that only won 44 games. And yet the Miami Heat could not beat Denver once. In fact, Denver had some pretty comfortable clutch minutes, final five minutes, winning by double figures in both games in Miami. For Miami, it's three games now where they've lost where they have had under 100 points. I mean, that's very telling. They don't seem to have the legs. They haven't been able to make the most of their advantages. Max Struess has been brutal in this finals. And Gabe Vincent has really, really struggled. Now, obviously, are there nagging injuries that exist? For sure. But as bad as Michael Porter Jr. has played offensively, he's been able to impact the game in more areas. In these games in Miami, Gabe Vincent not only had nine points combined, not only was a minus 16 and then a minus 21, but Gabe Vincent had no assists, no rebounds, in game three, and then had one assist, no rebounds, no steals in game four. To say that there is an APB out for Gabe Vincent, uh, to say that Gabe Vincent is now on a milk carton, missing person notice, is, is to be an understatement. This guy has completely vanished from this series. And it's tough because he was so good in that Boston series. But the Denver Nuggets now going back to Denver, up 3-1, with the mile high on their side, with a rocking crowd, with all kinds of momentum, with making uh, adjustments that have given them greater advantages, with showing that not only do they have the best player in the series, the best duo of the series, the best bench in this series, they've also provided X factor after X factor. Guys who have made huge impacts that you weren't expecting. Aaron Gordon, 27 points. Game three, Christian Brown with 15 off the bench. Bruce Brown, 10, sorry, 11.4th quarter to ignite his team, to sustain his team without Nikola Jokic. And now Denver can almost taste it. And that Larry OB will be in the building for game five. The champagne will likely be on ice at the end of the third quarter 
in which I would imagine Denver will have an eight-point lead or greater. And it's just, it's as I've said before, it's good for basketball that Denver is winning, and it'd be good for basketball that Denver wins this series. I had mentioned that Jokic and Murray were the only two teammates in the single game to both have triple doubles. Well, last night, Jamal Murray became just the second player in NBA Finals history to have four straight games to start the series with 10 assists or more. He had 12 assists and no turnovers. Just a master class in being a point guard in the half court. And he's the first player in NBA Finals history to have his first finals with the first four games with double digits. Think about who's been in the NBA Finals. You think of the all-time assist leader in John Stockton. You think of a guy, a, a top three, top four assist getter in Jason Kidd. He's been to multiple finals, three in fact. You think of... Uh, a guy um, like Gary Payton. You think of a guy like Chris Paul a couple years ago, just an absolute master. And, and none of those guys were able to do what Jamal Murray has done in this series. Four straight games in his first finals with 10 assists or more. It's incredible. And, and I know that you know, in Canada, we talk very highly of Jamal Murray. We know what his playoff performances are like, and we know that in the clutch, he is a, a top 10 guy. But because of the injury and because of the slow start and because he's never been an all-star, so many people weren't talking about Jamal Murray having this type of playoff run, even after the Minnesota series where he had two exceptional games. And he was clutch in two of those games that went down to the wire. Even in a loss, he was excellent. So three of the first five games, people weren't really talking about Jamal Murray being this good that Denver would have the best duo in the playoffs. They weren't even saying that when it was 2-2 Phoenix versus Denver in the second round. And here's Jamal Murray making us proud, our fellow citizen playing at the very highest of levels in the biggest of moments. And you got to be excited. And I got to tell you, it, it's, uh, it's pretty good for Canadian basketball. And if he can get on uh, that world championship team this summer with Shea Gillis-Alexander, who will probably help him, uh, you know, relax for the first round of, of, of games, um, we are going to see maybe the best backcourt in that world championship in Shea Gilders-Alexander and Jamal Murray. Just incredible story. Um, 
it, it's been great to hear how he's talked about his mental resiliency and toughness, not just his, his physical abilities and skills. And Jamal Murray, when he lifts that Larry OB trophy, possibly on Monday or maybe later next week, uh, it's, it's going to be a fantastic story, uh, a, a resurrection type story. Uh, but just a, a beautiful story for Canadian basketball. Uh, and it'll give even more uh, motivation, more inspiration for Canadian kids growing up who play basketball to see somebody uh, do something at the level that he's doing. It's it's going to be yet another um, another bump, another wave of excitement within Canada basketball because of what Jamal Murray is doing. All right, y'all. Hope you've enjoyed the finals. I hope you get a chance to watch Jamal Murray and Jokic lift the trophy. I do hope it's a good game, uh, but I do hope that Denver wins in five at this point. They just look like they're just too much for Miami. And Eric Spolster, as good as he is, um, has has met his match in in trying to lift his team to face off against who has been the best team in this uh, playoffs, which is the Denver Nuggets. And, and tip of the hat to Mike Malone. Uh, he deserves all the, the applause and praise for how he's managed and motivated his team and, and made the adjustments that you have to make in order to excel in the NBA finals, let alone throughout the playoffs. It's beautiful. All right. Peace to y'all. Be safe. Have fun. We'll catch up to you soon. I think I don't, I don't do dreaming or money or culture. I do ours. So